Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, March 23rd. A bombshell late Wednesday on Parliament Hill as Liberal MP Han Dong announced he is leaving the party to sit as an independent as explosive allegations surround him involving his communications with a Chinese diplomat. We hear the latest from Global News investigative journalist Sam Cooper. President Joe Biden will meet with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau this week during his visit to Canada. In our monthly chat with Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber, we discuss what, if any, impact the meeting will have on local businesses. And finally, spring has arrived. Are you ready to start anew? Perhaps it's time to finally declutter your house. We get some tips from Calgary-based professional organizer Claire Munchrath of the Claire Living Company. All right, we're learning more this morning about Chinese interference in Canadian politics directly involving Member of Parliament Han Dong. With details on the latest, we're joined by Global News investigative journalist Sam Cooper. Good morning, Sam. Thanks for having me. All right, so break it down for us. What do we know about the involvement of MP Dong in getting the two Michaels released? Uh, The allegations uh, that were brought to me by national security sources are that uh, CSIS, Canada's intelligence agency, investigated a conversation in February 2021 between this MP in Toronto, Han Don, and uh, China's Consul General. Uh, Mr. Don uh, does not deny having the conversation. He does deny some very serious allegations. What those allegations are is that investigators say Mr. Don initiated the conversation. They say that Mr. Don was speaking uh, about China's reputation in Canada and providing a sort of political advice to China. And uh, beyond that, they say he introduced the case of the two Michaels and advised that uh, China should show some progression on the case, but to release the two Michaels uh, at that point would benefit the position of the opposition Conservative Party. So very serious allegations. Uh, Mr. Don denies that he provided uh, that advice that China should hold off on releasing the Michaels. Uh, and he says uh, that, that he will defend himself strongly against these uh, source intelligence investigations. But uh, as you know, the, the story is developing fast on Parliament Hill. Mr. Don stepped away from his caucus last night, he says, to uh, defend himself. And I, I, I'm sure that we will see continuing questions in Ottawa uh, today and then in the following days on whether uh, what Prime Minister Trudeau has proposed, that is a one-man special rapporteur investigation reporting to some closed-door committees, will be enough to look into broader allegations than simply election interference. Was Mr. Dong acting in official capacity when he approached the Chinese diplomats, do you know? I asked that question of the Prime Minister's office, and really it was a, a, a stunning answer. They came back and said that they were not aware until I put questions to them that Mr. Don had had this conversation in 2021. They say in no way was Mr. Don acting as a a communicator officially or unofficially on the part of the Liberal government to the Chinese government on this uh, highly, highly explosive and sensitive case of the two Canadians imprisoned. And... uh, A matter that was considered, according to national security sources, was whether Mr. Don was uh, acting outside of the proper diplomatic channels or whether 
he thought as an MP it was within his purview to raise this case. And uh, Mr. Don maintains he believes uh, it's his job to speak to foreign diplomats. Uh, and uh, I believe that's what he's holding on, on, on the questions around this case. Do we have any indication if Mr. Dong's actions were motivated personally or financially or if it was all political? We have uh, no indications on this investigation beyond uh, what are asserted to, to, to us as the facts that this conversation occurred and Mr. Don provided this advice. And again, following up with the prime minister and his office, they say they had no idea this conversation took place. Beyond that, what I can say is we have uh, no information put forward uh, of what was behind this uh, alleged advice. Again, the call, uh, that is the conversation, is admitted, but it, there, there's a lot of information. Obviously, we, we, uh, Canada still needs to learn around this conversation. So, Sam, where does this go from here? We have the special rapporteur that's investigating the in Chinese interference. Is this going to be enough to get answers for the Canadian people? I believe that that is the very uh, primary question that will be raised today in Ottawa by reporters and in the following days and weeks. Uh, in my assessment, uh, I have reported that this is not just about alleged election interference. This is about uh, what what intelligence documents and sources say are broad interference networks, not only in Toronto, in major Canadian cities, not only focused on uh, federal politicians. We've already seen reports uh, about interference in Vancouver, interference in Montreal. I'm aware of allegations in Alberta. So this, uh, where is this going? Uh, I believe... I believe the experts that I would trust so far are saying it has to be a deeper public inquiry into the broad issue of interference. The only question is whether it focuses on what any credible source says is the main threat in Canada on this issue, China, or some other very serious threat countries are covered as well. Those would include Russia. All right, Sam, thanks for bringing it all down for us. Thank you. Bye. That was Sam Cooper, investigative journalist with Global News. That was from, from 45 minutes ago, Reese. You talked to, to Sam Cooper uh, because this is still very much developing. Yeah. And a couple of takeaways from there, talking about is beyond the elections. This is about the security of our nation. This is about how we conduct our business within the, you know, the confines of, of, of our borders. And when we talk about the two Michaels coming, this is the, the, the interesting part of it is it's much deeper than we thought, first of all. And then the other part that, uh, that my takeaway from Sam was previously we heard about Vancouver being affected, perhaps, yeah. pockets in Vancouver. Montreal, obviously, when it comes to, to uh, you know, uh, MP Don, uh, 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 Han Dong, it was not, not the case of Liberal MP anymore, independent. Mm -hmm. We know about that. But he indicates, perhaps, you know, some connection to Alberta. Yeah, that's something we're going to have to me. dig into more. He says he's aware of allegations right here in our province. So right now we don't know a ton on that. Sam didn't really have any more information he was prepared to give at that time. But that's something that we're going to have to find out about and, and find answers. We need answers as Albertans because when you look at what Han Dong did, allegedly, and playing politics with the two Michaels' lives, it's kind of disgusting. Yeah, and, and you look at the fact that he is you know now an independent. Yeah. What, what does is that not an admission to leave the leave the party? Perhaps there were meetings and said, "Okay, it's yeah. time to get up." Pack Pushed out. Yeah, um, exactly. And where does this leave the Liberal Party? How much longer can the NDP justify like 
propping up the Liberal government. Yeah, if, if you're Jagmeet Singh, it, in bigger picture, if I'm a, a federal NDP supporter, how far do I want to take it? You know, knowing that, you know, well, well we've got a bit of a voice as we're piggybacking with the Liberal government. To, to what extent? It, and does that not make you kind of feel dirty if you're an NDP supporter saying we're, we're still... Because he will have the opportunity. If, if anybody has an opportunity to perhaps influence things, it would be... Uh, you know, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, I would think. And you know that obviously it's going to be a, a field day for the CPC. Yeah. But more than anything, the Canadian people. Does this mean that we start heading towards a new federal election if the NDP decide to pull their support? And if so, are we prepared to deal with potential Chinese interference again in another federal election? I, we don't have any answers yet. It's, yeah, this is super developing. Yeah. And uh, we'll be, uh, you know, throughout the day parts uh, talking about this, I'm sure. And we're going to, you know, talk with Shay Ganim uh, coming up in about a half hour. And, and uh, we, when it comes to, to Shay, I'm going to be, you know, furthering that conversation, kicking it down the road as yeah. far as not just where do we go from here, uh, but, you know, the protocols in place when it comes to government in our nation. Are we not strict enough when it comes to security clearances? Mm-hmm. And, and how do we push for this public inquiry? Because I don't yeah. think that we're getting the answers that we need, and we, we're going to wait to October? There, there it is. Really? If, 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 if it, nothing else, and I think we talked about this with Shay earlier this week, yeah. the independent, the, the public inquiry, if nothing else, as Canadians, this is something, in my opinion, we should be demanding. So Absolutely. we got you covered. President Biden will meet with PM Trudeau this week. What does the Calgary business community hope is on the agenda? And could it have an impact here locally? What is talked about in Ottawa? Joining us to discuss this and the outlook for Calgary's business community as we move into spring, we're joined by Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of Calgary Chamber. Good morning to you, Deborah, and welcome back to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right, let, let's talk about this. We have a meeting taking place in Ottawa, and, and I was kind of shocked that it's the first official visit from uh, President Joe Biden to our nation to meet with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Can we look at this from a local angle and an impact it might have on Calgary businesses? Well, I think, you know, when we look at um, what President Biden may, you know, he's going to be addressing Parliament, the issue at top of mind for, for a lot of, of businesses really is is the ongoing challenges with respect to what the Inflation Reduction Act will have uh, in terms of, you know, investment going south into the United States from Canada. So that's, you know, that's obviously top of mind. How do we compete? And so from a Calgary perspective, obviously, that's that's energy, but it's everything. Like we look at all the, all the issues that we're, we're dealing with, whether it's hot, rising inflation, supply chain issues. Um, there's so many challenges that, that uh, companies are faced with. And, of course, we saw yesterday that the Federal Reserve hike interest rates by, by 25 basis points. Inflation is, is a concern. And the question is, um, you know, what, how, do we, how do we deal with that? Um, it's putting upward pressure, obviously, on interest rates. That's causing a higher a rising costs. There's so many pieces that we're dealing with as a business community, and it'll be very interesting to see what uh, uh, President Biden uh, says today. All right. Also, federally, we know we're circled the calendar uh, Tuesday of next week, federal budget being released. And, of course, the provincial election uh, coming up in May. Uh, to, to a large extent, yeah, not only we're we back at it after the pandemic, but it is a very, very busy time for Calgary businesses uh, from now until the end of May. That you know, that's absolutely true, and it's everything from how do you staff for the summer um, to how do you make sure that you can meet the commitments that you've made. I mean, the, one of the things that we're starting to see is we're still he- hearing that businesses are feeling delays in terms of the delivery of inputs. Inputs, so inputs, products, products and services. Last three months, there's still issues. 
Uh, there's still supply shortages are still an issue. Um, you know, labor labor is still an issue. We see that there's a, you know, Calgary does have the highest unemployment rate relative to other cities across the country. So that's telling us at 6.6%, that's telling us that there could be a skills mismatch. So what do we do about that? Because the labor issue is still something that businesses are very concerned with. And so, you know, this, there's, there's so many things that we look to from a federal government perspective as well. Again, back to the Inflation Reduction Act budget next week. Are we going to see more incentives from uh, from the federal government to really make the Alberta more competitive in that in that regard? All right, let's talk about an announcement this morning, releasing your uh, Q1 results from the chamber regarding the outlook for Calgary businesses. What what can you tell us ahead of the release? Well, what we can say is, you know, it's there's still some some concerns whether it's rising costs. You know, 55 percent of Calgary businesses are concerned with the rising costs of input. That was that number was 43 percent. In the uh, in the fourth quarter, the national average is 46 percent. So we're ahead of it. We're ahead of. We're more concerned about the rising cost issue than the rest of the country. We are very concerned with uh, you know with um, with inflation. And what's really interesting is that uh, we're also seeing something a little disconcerting. 73% of Calgary businesses across all sectors don't see themselves adopting or implementing any technology. And when we talk about the importance of increasing productivity and obviously increasing profitability, adopting technology is absolutely critical. And we see this as a huge concern. We need What we'd like to see is the federal government and the provincial government implement some incentives so that we increase the rate of procurement locally to support uh, technology adoption and make sure that we have a robust uh, ecosystem because when we have technology developed in Canada, broadly speaking, if we don't have a procurement system that incents companies to adopt what's being developed here, we end up seeing companies go to the states. And so there's a, there's a two, there's two, two issues to address here. But uh, beyond that, you know, we are seeing the uh, you know, rising inflation. Uh, and I would say that what's interesting, too, is that we have 62.5% of businesses in Calgary are optimistic uh, for the, the outlook for the coming year. That's up from 57% in the fourth quarter. However, we still lag the rest of the country in terms of our optimism by about five, uh, five basis points or five percent. So, obviously, there are a lot of concerns that Calgarians, Calgary businesses, are are focused on, and so much of that relates to, um, you know, the rising costs and 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 inflation rates and labor labor challenges. You've mentioned inflation rates and rising costs a few times in this conversation, Deborah. Obviously, uh, super timely. And and I'm wondering because you know at home it's hard to put food on the table and you know making those ends meet. We're hearing that inflation's trending the right way, but yeah, back to those food costs. Whereas the inflation rate going down, the food costs year over year still double digits. So as yeah. we feel the impact on our kitchen tables, can you tell us what you're hearing from your partners in the hospitality industry for their costs well, and, and what it's like to run a business? Right. So the, the problem, the challenge is that there's not, businesses, generally speaking, it's hospitality that's across the board, don't have the pricing power to pass on those costs to consumers because consumers are starting to say, well, you know what, I can't, I can't afford it. I'm not going to buy it. And so what ends up happening is that you have to look at your business model. You have to think about what you're offering as a product. Uh, you know, obviously, the a lot of what we're seeing from a uh, from a higher food cost perspective has to do with the higher energy costs that we've had to deal with and the higher labor costs. And so those are feeding into the into the broader broader uh, broader economy. 
it's going to take a while for those numbers to to pull back if they do pull back because when we think about what we get from a from a from a food perspective there are challenges in in jurisdictions where we rely on importing uh food uh during the winter especially California's had a lot of challenges. Um, we know that that's not going to end anytime soon. And so what does that mean for our food costs going forward? Do we have to adjust our buying patterns and, and recognize that uh, maybe what we took for granted in terms of uh, lower costs uh, is not going to be the norm for a while. And just before I let you go, Deborah, the power of the Calgary Chamber, I'm just online here looking at your website, calgarychamber.com, and I see of virtual micro courses. You've got so many different virtual and in-person events like business after hours. Yep. Very much, this is a great hub. So it's your chance to plug for the last minute here why a business should join. Calgary well, Chamber. you know, obviously we are we we are conveners, we're advocates, we are connectors in the community. We want to make sure that our business community is as strong as we as it can possibly be, and we we are offering opportunities for our businesses to learn about everything from uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. To uh, we also have partnered with YWCA to offer Mindfulicity, the app, from a mental health perspective. We are, you know, as you said, we, we were actually hosting an evening tonight, uh, Beach YYC, um, uh, connecting after hours from 5 to 7.30. And this actually at noon today, we're hosting uh, Minister Brian Jean for, for lunch. So, you know, we are we are trying to inform the business community. We want to connect the business community with uh, with uh, individuals who are leaders in the community, but also from a, from a political perspective as well to understand what, what direction the, the government's going to take federally, municipally, and provincially. So if you want to know what's going on, join the Chamber. Yeah, Busy time at the Chamber. Thanks for your yeah. time, Deborah. We appreciate it. Thank you. That is Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. A handful of days into the new season, are you in spring cleaning mode? Well, you may have a hard time getting started, but maybe things would be easier if you started with a spring declutter to clear out all that extra stuff you don't need or use anymore. So with that in mind, we've called on the help of a professional. Claire Munchrath, owner and lead organizer of the Claire Living Company. Good morning to you, Claire. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. And it's interesting because you're apparently a listener to QR Calgary, and we were talking about, it's personal for me. It's personal because I've tried for so long, and I want to really declutter. I want to become more of a minimalist. You you texted and said, I'd love to be a guest on the show. So this is perfect timing for us because we are in that spring cleaning mode. So we want to get rid of the stuff first before we can actually clean our homes condos apartments whatever it might be but claire it can be daunting getting started so so what can you give us a tip to get the ball rolling yes definitely home organizing you know it comes with a lot of emotions we as people we attach a lot of our identity to our belongings and that can be hard to break so when people want to get started with organizing my first tip is start small okay you know don't start ripping apart your whole kitchen that's going to get overwhelming and exhausting. So I like to recommend pick one drawer, you know, either a junk drawer, a drawer in your bathroom, a cooking utensil drawer, focus on that. You're going to take everything out, give it a quick wipe down, you know, decide what's to keep, what's to go away, what's trash, what's, you know, maybe belong somewhere else in the house. And then put, you know, get some drawer dividers Mm -hmm. and put it back into the space. And then, you know, you get that confidence. You say, okay, that was good. You know, I can do this. And then that's when you start to move on to, you know, more emotional areas like the closet or difficult areas like the kitchen. Okay. So yes, starting small, build a confidence, move on from there. Okay. We start small. We build, it's like a team. You win one game, you have the confidence to continue on through the season. Uh, But, you know, when it comes to taking the emotion out, I want to dwell on that a bit more. 
in that does it help if you have your partner with you or maybe you just have a roommate or whatever, somebody to say, listen, you, you tell me what you don't see me using or, you know, you brutally get rid of the, some of these. Does that help or can that be problematic? <laughs> It really depends on the personality, I think, of the people, you know, sometimes when I organize for clients, you know, the husband's the purger and the wife's the one wanting to hold on to things. So I think that's more of a personal decision. But across the board, when people are wanting to let go of things and they're having a hard time uh, letting go and, you know, letting go of that emotional attachment, we have three questions we ask. It's kind of our decision making process. So do we like it? Do we use it? And do we need it? If you can say yes to one of those questions, sure, keep it. If not, discard it, trash, donate. So if you like something, keep it. You know, that's the point of stuff, within reason, obviously. Then the second one is, do you use it? If you haven't used something in 6 to 12 months, you don't need it, okay? And then the last one is, do we need it? And, you know, these are kind of the utility items in our houses, but it's always important to ask, okay, I might need this, but how many of it do I need? So, you know, we're organizing the junk drawer. You realize you have four staplers. You need one stapler. You can donate the other three. So I always like to say, do we like it? Do we use it? And do we need it? And if we can say yes to those, keep it. If not, let it go. And just know, you know, we're so much more than our stuff. We really do like to have a sentimental attachment, an emotional attachment, But I think once you start to let go of items, you do realize that, you know, you aren't using it and it does feel good to let go. So I think in the springtime, you know, we all have that inkling or that itch just to reset our space. You know, we see it in nature. Nature's changing, transforming. And I think it's almost an instinct that we want to bring that um, energy into our own homes and just let go. Okay. Well, to me, the hardest part in my home, Claire, is uh, the clothes. And I want to be more pragmatic about it. I'm wondering if I set a hard line for myself, like, okay, I'm a T-shirt guy. What if I have, if I had 10 T-shirts, period, in my drawer, that would give me one a week. And maybe if I got a mustard stain on one, I can switch it out. Can you draw yourself parameters? Does something like that work saying, okay, I need 10 T-shirts, I need four pairs of jeans and a couple of suits in case I have to dress up? Or is it, is it a, a different approach I should be taking? That's actually interesting. I was just talking with my sister and she gave me this tip for clothing. So if you are wanting to get rid of clothing, you can flip the hanger the other way that you normally flip it and then, you know, live your life for three months. And if you haven't, you know, pulled that hanger off, because you'll be able to notice, right? And if you haven't pulled that off in three months or six months, say, donate it, get rid of it. You know, I think it's more that than saying, you know, I need five shirts, I need four pairs of pants or, you know, whatnot. Yeah, that sounds, you know, because, yeah, it's very difficult. And and also, I find that I have emotional attachments to clothing. Do you find that people might even have emotion? I can understand knickknacks in the house or maybe a piece of furniture that was handed down from your parents. But the emotion in clothing, is, is that a real thing? Definitely. I would say organizing, you know, your clothing closet is probably one of the most emotional areas of the home to organize. You know, I think a lot of our identity is attached to the clothes we wear. You know, it's the outer appearance of us, you know body issues or images, you know, changing body sizes that, you know, brings in a lot of emotion into the situation. Um, So yes, it definitely is an emotional one to organize. My best advice for people with their clothing, you know, and it is, it's a bit of a loaded advice, but just know like you are so much more than the clothes you put on your body and everything can be replaced. One thing I tell people is, if you were shopping for this item right now, would you buy this? And if you Ooh. wouldn't buy it, you probably could donate it, right? Okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. Now, uh, you know, I want to ask you this, and this is a chance to, to tell us a little bit more what you do at 
ClaireLiving.com. Claire Munchrath, owner and lead organizer of the Claire Living Company. Um, how do I know? Because what you say is common sense, but sometimes common sense isn't so common. So how do I know when I need the help of a professional? That's a good question. So I think when you, you know, when you've tried to organize and, you know, you aren't able to maintain the system, there is a methodical process that us home organizers take to create a long-term system in the home. Mm -hmm. You know, labeling is a really important element of that step that is often missed by people. So yeah, if you've tried and it's not working, you know, if you're just so overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, you know, we're all so busy, right, in life. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that, you know, organizing our closets and our junk drawers does fall to the wayside. So, you know, if you just don't have the time in life to dedicate towards organizing, I think those are all really good signs that you're ready to call in help and a professional because it is something that can just benefit your life so much once you do get organized, but it definitely is a daunting task to begin with. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time and, uh, you know, uh, giving us some uh, good groundwork to start the spring cleaning after doing some spring decluttering. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having me. That is Claire Munchrath, owner and lead organizer of Calgary-based The Claire Living Company at clareliving.com.